There's been, uh, I think, four or five different occasions just this week where people have independently said to me, I am so proud of our church family. Our, our church family is special. I think the church is special. Uh, but it's nice just to stop and appreciate and just take a moment to realise uh, what has happened this past week. Yesterday, we had uh, this room full and, and very pink. Uh, for Frocktober, I think we may even have some photos of Frocktober. We don't. Are oh, they on, on an angle so we can't put them on? That's a shame. Uh, at the same time, people were walking up the hill to raise money for Nepal, and there, there they are. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, hill slightly underdoing it, isn't it, Richard? Yeah, so <laughs> I think Richard slept really well last night. Um, and uh, on Wednesday, uh, uh, Paul Dare welcomed people onto his farm as part of the connection to country uh, process, while at the same time, uh, over 350 people crammed in here to say goodbye to our mate. And, uh, and the word, it's interesting hearing feedback from people, just the was a beautiful and a special service and people from completely outside the church said there's something different about what happened there. Um, It's normal, what has become normal in the church is to have a very set uh, range of programs and you limit things to just those programs and uh, but we are trying to do something different at Citywide. We're trying to be the kind of church that uh, encourages each person on the journey they have, helps them find their story. Uh, as Pete reminded us on Wednesday, that th- there is a race marked out for each one of us. That necessarily means life is more complicated. It would be a lot easier to have a set range of limited programs but you can't do that if you really want to be a church family. In this same week that many of us are still grieving the loss of Pete and uh, will be for quite a while, a new little boy came into the world. Uh, Dilip and Anu welcomed a son and it wasn't a simple process. And... And, and, that, and at the same time that was happening, one of, the, the, one of our precious young people uh, ran away from home and uh, is now in what uh, the law would say is a very dangerous situation and is, and is currently the victim of abuse. Uh, but police aren't able to respond. And 
it's, it can be overwhelming when you're part of a family because you just want to focus on one thing. Just give me... The, but when you're a part of a family, all of us are on a journey and life is real. And it doesn't always fit into our plans. Dan and Danny are stuck in Victoria. They'll be back on, on Monday. But I, I just feel like it would be right to start as we come to this passage of the Bible... Uh, just to start by praying and acknowledging that as we look at Psalm 33, the, the core question is, where is your hope? Where is your hope? Life doesn't come in neat and tidy packages. I, I really want to take a moment for, as, as a church family to pray for our, this special young person who, has, who is now in a dangerous situation, but also to pray for all the amazing people who are part of our church family, the ways that God is at work amongst us. So let's just pray. Jesus, uh, it, it's, after this last week, it's kind of hard to process. I, I'm personally missing Pete. Uh, I'm personally worried about this young person. I, I'm... I'm I'm excited for Dilip and Anu and what having a boy means for them after so much heartache and journey. I'm glad that Dan and Danny are able to come back, but conscious of all those who've lost their homes through floods. Sometimes, God, it would, it would just be nice if life was simple. But we acknowledge that it's not. And we are so glad that, as Pete reminded us, you are with us when life is complicated. Forgive us for the times that we try and avoid life. But help us to remember that you are with us. And, and we just want to pray specifically as a church family for the young person who is at risk right now that you would help the authorities be able to do something that you would help us as a church know what to do uh, and that you would grow us as a church family so it can be true when we rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And in a church family like ours, we have to live with the reality that mostly that'll be both at the same time most of the time. So we're going to need your help. Help us as we come to your word now to be open to what it is you've got for us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Uh, two things, just as we come to Psalm 33, and I'll, in a minute I'll put a slide up and invite you to say which bit of this psalm uh, f stands out to you. Um, but part of the journey of being a church family is we, we serve one another. Uh, and if, if, if you don't yet know uh, how you can give a hand and be part of the church family and serve, I've got some wonderful news for you. Uh, rosters are now open uh, and we really would love some help setting up you know with the tech on the worship team chat to Jan the, the rosters are out there and uh, another thing we are we are we acknowledge we are on a journey to be a church family we acknowledge that sometimes we, we've I had some feedback this last week that I re feel really sad about is that someone actually came to our church there was a few weeks ago and didn't feel like anybody spoke to them. And I, my heart breaks when I hear stuff like that, because that's not us. That's not who we are. 
but it, but it is being a church family takes work. It is much simpler to live a self-centered uh, life where you're not connected to anybody. But that's actually closer to death than life. And that's why we, we actually, we, one of the ways we're working at it is uh, one Friday a month, we, we try and have dinner together. Uh, and we're going to do it for the last time this year uh, in people's homes because the, in the following month we're going to have a big Nepalese dinner in this room, uh, which is going to be exciting. We'll tell you more about that. But our last dinner together in people's houses uh, happens on the 28th of October. And if you haven't been to dinner together, can I encourage you? Uh, come along to dinner together and, and uh, it's, an, it's another way of getting to know people. What I'm going to do now is just read Psalm 33. Uh, and what I would love you to do is listen and see which parts of this. Is there a word or a phrase or an idea in here that speaks to your heart? And if there is, I want to invite you to uh, if you've got a device and this is how you relate to the world, if you don't, don't worry about it and you're probably better than those who do. But, uh, but if you do have a device, we've got a slide we're going to chuck up uh, and uh, that slide will be up while I read Psalm 33. And uh, as I read it, I invite you to, to write down in, on, on the link that's on the slide uh, the the uh, bit of the psalm that sticks out to you. You'll find the, the link also uh, for that uh, in the sermon notes. So let's read together Psalm 33. And again, I invite you to, to ask, even as we come, God, I just pray for each and every person listening to this right now, whether they're at home uh, or at Lena Valley or Mornington, uh, I, I pray that some bit of this will stand out as something that you're wanting us to hear. We ask this in your name. Amen. Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It's fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him with a ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host, by the breath of his mouth, he gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it 
stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite its great strength, it just cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Before we talk about these words, it's important just to let them speak to us. Let's just take a minute for those who've been able to, to write down which of those words or phrases speak to you. I'll be be interested to see. Steve, can we have a look at that? Is that interesting? I think unfailing love has been a bit of a theme this week. God is faithful, hope. Something about singing joyfully. It's beautiful. So I encourage you, that link remains open and if you want to see the results, the link to that is in the sermon notes. I'm going to come back now and just see if we can unpack what all this means. We as a church family have been on a journey. We're coming to the Psalms because we know we need to talk about what it means to have a relationship with God. There's all kinds of religions that can tell you what to do in order to get God's favour. And sometimes Christianity can seem like a religion that's, you know, you've got to tick the kind of boxes. But we're coming to the Psalms this season because we know that's not what we want. We don't want religion. We want a relationship with the God of the universe who comes and says, I love you. It's been interesting this last couple of weeks, the whole discussion about religious freedom and can you be a Christian and a a 
football CEO. And there's a whole lot of stuff behind all that. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But what is clear is that many people have a wrong view of what Christianity is about. And there is a core heresy in our society that Christianity actually does stand up against. And it's not a popular thing to say. Because the, the, the core of Christianity says that there is an external point of reference to you that is more true than your deepest sense of feeling. The core ethos of our world says that you have to be true to your feeling world, that you have to be true to yourself. And that's a flat-out lie. And everybody knows it's a lie because all of us know we're more complicated than that. All of us know, if we're to be honest, that there's part of us that just wants to love people, that does care about truth, that wants to be creative, that wants to be responsible. We have a spirit and it's beautiful and that's true of all people. And if that's all we were, then sure, be true to that. But isn't it true that's not all of who you are? Can you be honest enough about that? Can you be honest with yourself and say, yeah, I know I'm a bit messy. I know I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I'm deluded. You see, the Bible also teaches that there is a part of you, it calls the flesh. The part that wants to minimise pain and maximise pleasure and that's true for all of us. We talked about it last week. It's, the Bible talks about this thing of iniquity, that like the, the, the lawn bowl, and I don't know how Jiwan went with translating it, but that, that like if you, I don't know for those who played lawn bowls, that there's like a bias in us that takes us off track. And that is true for every human being. And that's why it's not possible just through sheer force of will just to be deeply true to who you really are because who you really are is messy. That's why we needed Jesus who came and said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Your way isn't going to lead you to a place of health. Jesus said, in fact, and this is, the, this is the central piece of Christianity that is offensive to the world. Sometimes Christians are offensive to the world because we're idiots. Let's be honest. But there is a central truth of Christianity that is offensive. And it is this, that if you're going to find life you have to die to yourself. There is an external point of reference, his name is Jesus, and where your life doesn't conform to his, he is calling you to die. What he does promise 
is that as you open yourself to who he is, then you will find life. There's a lot I would have loved to have had time to unpack in today's psalm, but I'm really going to now skip down to uh, verse 16. And you'll find the other things I would have said in the notes. Because, but I want you to hear this. Psalm, this Psalm 33 will not make sense if you don't already have a relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the idea of rejoicing in the Lord, of trusting in him when everything's going tough, as Pete said, of the, the reality of him being with you in the dark moments. It just won't make sense. And David now brings us to the point of confrontation, and here it is, where he says, no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. You see, one of the things that we have to come to terms with is as Jesus calls us to die to ourselves, he also calls us to die to all those things we find our sense of security in apart from him. Everybody worships, is what we learnt as we looked at Psalm 16. Everybody worships. Everybody has something in your life that is the most important thing in your life. And for some people, that will be a sense of security based on the finances they've got. For others, it'll be a sense of security based on their abilities or strength or health. For others, it'll just be their family, and the family is the most important thing in the world to them. For some people, it may even be food or a house or beauty or you can name whatever it is. But all of us have particular poisons, have particular things that not, in and of themselves, they're not wrong. I, what the, David's not saying that it's not wrong to have an army, it's not wrong to have a horse, it's not wrong to have a bank account, it's not wrong to have nice food, it's not wrong to have a family. When those things become ultimate things, when those things are what you trust... then you're in dangerous territory. And this is the, the journey we're all on. Ultimately, Jesus comes and says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Now, can you please bring to me, lay at my cross, all the other ways you're trying to find life? Can you lay down your identity? Can you lay down your finances? Can you, can you lay down your sense of security and your health? In Matthew 6, Jesus says, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is why the gospel is confronting. Because the gospel asks, and Jesus asks, where's your treasure? What do you trust? His promise is, come to me and you'll find life. As Pete shared with us on Wednesday in the video, Jesus doesn't promise to save us from the valleys of the shadow of death. But he does promise to be with us in the valleys of the shadow of death. And uh, it was a couple of weeks ago that Pete wrote on our... Uh, when we were up at the church camp and Pete watched the message we did on Psalm 23 and he, and he said... The darkest valleys with Jesus are better than any mountaintops without him. So, one of the one of the you know one of the things I'm still processing is just the the outpouring of grief, but the, also the the um, the way that Pete's life touched so many people. It was beautiful to hear that lots and lots of different stories the number of people who said I, I've never seen Pete get angry or what, what that meant, it was interesting talking to Lois and she was saying Pete's character changed when he discovered Jesus all of a sudden this quiet kind of angular kind of person became somebody who loved people and became an open and warm pastor to many, many people. As you open yourself to Jesus and find the life that's in him, your character changes. That's why the Bible says if, if your character hasn't changed, then there is actually a question whether you know Jesus. Because as you open yourself to him, he wants, he wants to bring life. And as, as, you, as you let God be your security, as, you, as the psalmist says, as you let God be your security, you can do crazy things. Like loving your enemies. You can do crazy things. Like being generous with your money. You can do crazy things, like having a sense of peace when it feels like your whole life is falling apart. As we said on Sunday, I find it interesting that the doctor who delivered Pete the news said to him, are you always this calm? (laughs) I... This psalm finishes with saying, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield in him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name 
May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. The central question of Pete's life that, that asks of us is, where is your hope? The central question of this psalm is, where is your hope? And as we consider all the many ways our, our church has been active but also challenged and the individual, some of the real, very real and some scary challenges that people in our church are facing right now. I think this question is, where is your hope? Fortunately, we don't follow a religion that says you've got to tick boxes and be this kind of good boy or good girl in order to get into heaven. We follow a person who says, come to me that you might have life and have it to the full. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. I'm just going to pray. So let's, for those at home, I invite you to pray with us for Lena Valley and here at Mornington. But as we come to pray, don't do this very often, but I just have a sense that it's right. Just to ask you this question, for all of us, whether you've been at church many, many, many times, or, or whether you, you know, this may be you know, your first or second time, that's fine. Whether you would call yourself a Christian or not. I want to ask you this question, where is your hope? Jesus promises that if you are willing to give up your hope, in wrong things, if you're willing to die to yourself, he promises that you'll find life. And my experience is, it's true. And Pete's life was a testimony to the fact, it's true. So, just as we come to pray, if there's part of you that knows that you've been putting your hope in the wrong places if you know you've been sort of heading in the wrong directions and you want to just take a moment to say to Jesus, sorry, I want to find my life in you and not this other stuff, I just invite you just in this moment now, just to, we're going to, I'm just going to leave a moment of silence, I'm going to invite you to just to let him know that. Jesus, we acknowledge it's so easy to want to trust in our horses or our armies, our strength, our strategies, our plans, our bank accounts, our abilities, our families. It's so easy to put our trust in the wrong places. Thanks that it's so true that as we see who you are and how much you love us, it is possible to, to sing like the psalmist invites us to sing, to sing songs of joy because we can find joy in you no matter what's going on in our lives. Jesus, help us be open to all you have for us. And help us let go and lay at the foot of your cross 
all the stuff that holds us back. We ask this in your name. Amen. I'm going to invite the band up, but can I encourage you just to continue in this place and continue to wrestle with this question, where is your hope? Where is your hope? And if you're at home or at Lena Valley or here at Mornington, the band is going to start and lead us in this song. But can I encourage you not, not to stand as they, as they begin to lead us in the song. But if you get to a point where you're willing to say to Jesus, Jesus, I want my hope to be in you and not in this other stuff, if during the course of this song you get to a point where you're able to say that, then I encourage you to stand at that point. This is, and I, if, if you're not at that point, can I encourage you not to, not to stand, have the courage not to? And then at this, just at the last verse, Em's going to invite us all to stand as she nods and, and adjusts to that reality. But we'll, so we'll, 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 we'll stand at the, at the very end together. But, but can, as we sing this... because. There is nothing more important than finding your hope in Jesus. And there's nothing more deadly than spending your life chasing for hope in all the wrong places. It is, Christianity is confronting. It says you will not find truth inside. <laughs> Honestly, you'll find a mess. Because like the Apostle Paul said, if you're like him, the thing, there'll be things you want to do, you're just not going to do. The things you don't want to do, that's the stuff you'll end up doing. Do you identify with that? You need Jesus to come from the outside and to bring the hope. And if you're open to his hope, if you're open to saying, yes, Jesus, your way, not my way, then during this song, before the last verse, I invite you to stand as we sing it together. But in the last verse, we'll all stand together.